Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Welcome to The Firing Line with Rick Travis, Legislative Director for the California Rifle and Pistol Association. The Firing Line radio show is brought to you by Turner's Outdoorsman, CCW Safe, Vortex Optics, Cutting Edge Bullets, and the California Rifle and Pistol Association. Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. And now, your host, Rick Travis. Good afternoon, Firing Mind Patriots. This is Rick Travis, your host, the Legislative Director for the California Rifle and Pistol Association. While you're having a great Saturday, we're going to be talking about one of my favorite things in the world, and that's a concealed carry permit, also called a CCW. And, you know, I've been trying to find someone to bring on the show to you guys for past few months that could have a really good conversation, kind of bring you in between the two of us. Uh, this gentleman and I are, are great friends, um, considered one of my best friends, and he is the person who helps coordinate all the CCW coordinators, which means all the people that work at the issuing agencies that hand out CCWs to try to make this as smooth a process and a process that follows the law and uh, protects both the issuing agency and you, the CCW holder. So today with me from the Solano County Sheriff's Department, a, a shout out to Sheriff Tom Farrar for allowing him to come meet with us today, is Deputy Joe Pinder, who runs the statewide program and the CCW conference. Welcome aboard, Joe. Thank you, Rick. Thank you for having me today. So, Joe, you know, I know you get this, and so I know I'm, I'm preaching to the choir, but you know, we're always getting calls at the California Rifle Pistol Association. I know Sam Protus gets them at Gun Owners of California. I know just about every um, FFL gets them. And it goes along this. Why is it you can walk into one county and pay one set of fees, or there's one set of training, or there's one set of – and you go into another county, and it's completely different. And I want to try to dispel some of the rumors because, believe me, there's, like, more conspiracy – theories under our counties in the state and thought maybe we could bust some of that open today in a real casual way. So um, I know the answers to a lot of these, but what causes some of the delays on a pro CCW issuing agency? Well, some of the delays can be as simple as we're waiting on returns from other agencies to let us know about their backgrounds. Um, we do have to wait for FBI and DOJ returns. Sometimes those do get delayed. Sometimes they're quicker. Um, a lot of times there's delays is people lie to us. And so when they lie to us, we have to look further into the invest, their file. Okay. Um, you and your friend could apply today 30 minutes apart on the interviews, but your background could take 20 days longer than the other person. It's just because there's different things that come in effect. Another delay that we experience quite frequently is Someone applies for an application that goes to the interview this morning, and they're calling me in the afternoon and says, 
where's my application? Why well, I don't got my license yet? So we got to stop working on files to answer calls for, okay, at least give us a day before you ask us what's going on. Right. Um, why are the fees so different in different parts of the, the state? Uh, the fees are regulated or were regulated by the law. Um, so like Solano County, we've been issuing CCW license for several years now. Sheriff Farrar has always been great about it. And we fell under the $100 rule back in the day. We couldn't charge more than $100. Well, I think it was about three or four years ago, they pulled the cap off the $100. But if you charged $100 previously, you couldn't readjust your rates to, say, like $800, like some of these counties. Right. Um, we try to keep the rates reasonable as well because we want everybody to have the opportunity to, to apply. Um, in the past, there's been counties and PDs that would – keep rates high to kind of control what clientele comes to apply. I think for the most part, that's out of the window now because everybody's kind of applying actual cost. Mm-hmm. Um, but having full-time staff is not cheap. After Bruin, a lot of agencies had to add full-time employees to handle the workload. Yeah, I want, I want to bring that up too. A lot of times we throw around different names and acronyms. Bruin, for those of you listening, is the New York State Rifle Pistol Association v. Bruin which was a court case that went to the Supreme Court and where the majority ruling was that CCWs are part of your Second Amendment rights and are to be issued, provided that you're not a felon and a few other items that we'll talk about a little bit later in the show. One of the things, too, was, um, you know, what are what are some of the things that, you know, if you're, oh, we'll start off with renewals. If you're renewing and you haven't, you know, had a felony, haven't broken any laws. What are some of the tips that you would give when to renew that should be fairly stable across the all lines to make the process simpler? Know when your expiration date is. Check the website to see what the current processing times are. I'll get people, we ask for 60 days before the license re- um, expires. I'll get people to apply the day after the license expires says, Hey, can you put me ahead of everybody else? Wow. I, I feel bad for you, yeah. but why should I put John Smith in front of Rick Travis? Because Rick Travis did everything right. So this is one of the things I wanted to say to, to you folks. A lot of times we see things on blogs. We hear things in gun stores, gun shows, the range and stuff about people saying, oh, this department or that department is harassing them. And while there are some issues, and we're going to talk about some of those, there's a great deal, and I will just tell you my own personal experience, I would say about 85 to 90% of the complaints were actually because the person complaining didn't follow the, the simple instructions, and I'm not saying that to be derogatory, but they're fairly straightforward in most of the ones I've seen. There are a couple exceptions, and like I said, we'll talk about that. But, um, folks, you got to turn it in early or you're not going to be able to. One of my renewals I I did not get it in in the time that my sheriff asked me to get it in. And so I had about six weeks where I couldn't carry because I had to wait until it got processed, you know. And that, was, that wasn't my sheriff's department's fault. That was my fault. You know, I was doing a lot of traveling at the time, and I missed my mark. But my bad. So, um, but now, say you're a first-time person right now. I've been pushing people because of what we'll talk about later on, Senate Bill 2, going into effect to – to get into the system um, and at least start the process before the end of the year. 
for a person that wants to get into the system and wants to get a CCW, what would you tell them are, are like the, the three or four most important things that they need to do on their end? Look at the county or the police department's website and read the instructions on the website. A lot of times we get people that will go to their friends and say, my friend said I need to do this. And my friend has a CCW and he did this 10 years ago. Right. Well, things change. Read the instructions. As you're going through the paperwork, read the forms. Read what you're signing. Read what we're telling you because we want you to be successful. You know, I'll have people come up, show up for the interview, and they don't have any of the residency documentation, and I told them three times. And then they get upset when I'm like, sorry, I can't. I I want to get you through this process, but I have to verify you're a resident of Solano County. That's one of the only real requirements we have nowadays to issue a CCW license that you're a resident of that county. I want to go back to something you just said because I don't want people to miss it. A lot of times when we're talking like this, people can miss a, a salient point. You said you want to help the person get a CCW. And you're in law enforcement, and yet the common idea on the street is somebody like you who's in law enforcement, I'm former, my kid's in law enforcement, so, I mean, you know where I stand personally on this, but they think that law enforcement doesn't want them to have a CCW. Yeah. No, law enforcement, majority of law enforcement does want you to have a CCW license. It's your right. They want you to have your rights. So we want to be helpful. Now, a lot of times law enforcement don't know this, what the, is required for a CCW. That's where, like, Sheriff Ferrar is awesome. He has a full-time deputy. That's my whole time job. So anybody calls with questions, I answer it for my deputies, police departments, and all that. And we have, I think our website's pretty good about providing all the information up front. Rick, you've been on it, so you know. And we tell you exactly everything to do. Even if the worst case scenario you get denied, we tell you how you can appeal the process. Well, I think that's important, too. There's a, a rumor out there that if you get denied, it's a black mark forever and you'll never get a CCW. Is that true, Joe? For the most part, throughout the, um, all the counties I've dealt with, they have either appeal process or it just might be like a one-tier year reason. The whole, you're blackballed for life, I don't know any agencies that are doing that anymore. Now, there's times when people will mess up big time and they'll get a felony and they're prohibited by law. Right. Our hands are tied. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things I want all of you to understand is that Law enforcement, and I work with many, many county agencies, as Joe knows, they want you to be able to have one. Um, you know, honestly, if something bad happens and you make a mistake and you get a felony, that, that ties their hands up. But, um, if you're, if you're doing things right, you're a law abiding citizen, believe me, that the excuse, well, I'm going to get a black mark there. I'm never going to be able to get it. That's, that's in your head, folks, anymore, because Right now, we have plenty of law enforcement agencies statewide that are willing to issue. We'll talk about a couple of the areas that are more of a challenge um, because not everything's perfect yet in the state. But we at the California Rifle Pistol Association have several lawsuits. We're working on launching possibly a couple others because we're trying to make sure that your rights that were backed up with the New York State Rifle Pistol Association v. Bruin decision are, are being upheld. 
and uh, there's people like Joe, and we're going to come back and talk about who should get a CCW when we come back on Firing Line Radio. Turner's Outdoorsman, California's number one hunting, fishing, and shooting sports retailer since 1971, now has 33 locations across California and one in Tucson, Arizona. Turner's is your one-stop shop for all your shooting sports and fishing tackle needs. We offer a full selection and unmatched prices on firearms, ammunition, gun safes, shooting accessories, archery equipment, and fishing tackle. Visit turners.com now and sign up for the Turner's Discount Club for free and get our weekly ads and members-only specials sent directly to your inbox. For more info, to sign up for the Turner's Discount Club or to shop online, visit turners.com. Hi folks, Philip Naiman. If you're a concealed handgun carrier or have a firearm to defend your home and are forced to use your weapon for self-defense or the protection of a loved one, you'll be glad to have CCW Safe on your side. CCW Safe provides and pays 100% upfront defense funds for high-quality attorneys, expert witnesses, and the investigators you need following a critical incident with no reimbursement. And they do it all for one flat yearly fee starting at $179 a year. CCW Safe has permit and non-permit plans to protect California residents in this state and while traveling across the country. So check out their new ultimate plan with no caps on criminal and civil defense, $1 million for bond coverage, a dedicated $1 million for civil liability, and many other benefits. You defend your life. CCW Safe will defend your freedom and financial future. In California, CCW Safe has got you covered. So join now at CCWSafe.com. AM 590. The answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by Turner's Outdoorsman. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This is my boomstick. Welcome back to Firing Line Radio. This is your host, Rick Travis, the legislative director with the California Rifle Pistol Association, and with me today to discuss CCWs, and we're going to talk in this segment. Who should get a CCW is Deputy Joe Pinder from the Solano County Sheriff's Department. He also helps run uh, our statewide training uh, conference that we hold every year to try to help improve the, the ability for agencies to work with you and to understand the laws and, and systems and softwares and different things to make the process smoother and more efficient. You know, when we're talking about delays too, Joe, you know, one of the things I try to help people understand, and I'll just pick on um, like Fresno County, for example. I know that Fresno County, just before Margaret Mims, the previous sheriff retired, was right around 22,000 CCWs, which on a two-year cycle means, on average, that's 11,000 renewals with that, with the staff that has to cover that. But then when there's like the Bruin decision came out, some other things, there were spikes in the number of new applicants. And so I think people have to realize that Sometimes the system also gets delayed when we get a surge of new people wanting to get their CCWs. That just that's just more workload, and that can slow things down. But I think you have done an outstanding job, and I want to give you and Sheriff Farrar um, props for that because you have actually been deployed um, on behalf of Solano County Sheriff's Office to many jurisdictions throughout the state to try to help to make their system run smoother. Yes. Yeah, sure. Or send me um, to anywhere that will ask. Um, if an AC needs help, it, depending on like if it's, if it's a short drive, I can just get my lieutenant's approval. If I might be 
driving for a few hours, I usually have someone from their command staff reach out to our command staff. Um, and I'll go in there and assess, okay, hey, you might be able to tweak this or, you know, your interview questions are good, but if you ask it this way, um, I've probably talked to every county in the state so far about how to do different things throughout the state on CCWs. So it's great to be able to go help other agencies and apply what I've learned over the last few years on CCWs. So let's talk about um, the big question. I mean, there's a lot of people that seem to be caught up in this fallacy that, you know, unless I'm a banker or a jewelry store owner or somebody carrying something of value, I'm never going to be considered for a CCW. So I'm going to, I'm going to throw some different scenarios at you and you tell me your thoughts based on all the people you know up and down the state. Okay. I'm a, a single mom living in a not so great neighborhood. Is well, there that would say yet? <laughs> I'm sorry I interrupted you. Go ahead and say that again. Why don't you have a CCW yet? <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm uh, a dad that, you know, goes out and, and does AYSO soccer coaching and picks up the balls at a, at a, in a, a really nice neighborhood. Why don't you have a CCW yet? I'm a first responder, school teacher. Why don't you have a CCW yet? I'll make it simple, Rick. I personally and Sheriff Rod believes if you want a CCW, great, apply. We'll do everything we can to help you. If you're not ready, okay, what do we, what do you need to get ready? If it's training or whatever, let me help you give the tools to where it could best suit you. When you're not ready, then don't apply because you're going to install the system for everybody else. But when you're ready, apply. And I'll be more than happy to help you every way I can. It's See, I open think- to everybody. It's not limited to like any race, class, creed. It's, it's a right to everybody. You mean like a constitutional right? Yeah. Like in the Bill of Rights? <laughs> yeah. You know, there's been a couple core rulings about it, and there's a couple challenges yeah. on it. Yeah. So. Folks, this is what I want to get through. I think there are a lot of barriers that people, some of you out there probably listening, have put in front of yourself that flat out do not exist. Folks, there are people that talk a lot of negative things about CCWs. We're here to tell you now is the time to go get it. Have your CCW and, and carry it. Um, be responsible with it. But yes, it is definitely something that law enforcement is not trying to stop you from getting it. Like I said, there's a couple of areas that's a little bit more of a challenge and we'll talk about that. And, and maybe this is a good point too. Um, what are some things that you think a person that is, has been on the fence and has decided after hearing us today, I'm going to go get a CCW? What are some of the mental things that they need to be thinking about. Um, everything you're about to do once you have a CCW will change. It's no longer just like, I want to drive around, do this, this, and this. You have to think, okay, if I'm carrying today, do I want to go to the post office? Do I have my lockbox in my vehicle so I can lock up my vehicle if I do go to postal grounds? It's a, a change of mindset. It's a change of wardrobe. It's just everything changes. The way you sit down changes. Appendix carry, hip carry, small to back, those crazy people that do the um, shoulder carries. It's It changes your mindset. You need to think about that. Get up in the morning and say, hey, I'm going to plan my day out. 
because you can't really deviate. Say, hey, I want to after work go have a couple drinks at the bar with my friends. What are you going to do with your firearm? Mm-hmm. I think that's that is really really good advice because I think a lot of people what they think they're going to have to do and what you actually have to do is different. I think um, I think it also teaches you a lot more responsibility than the normal average day person has because you really do look at everything you're doing and why you're doing it and how you're doing it because you're trying to comply and follow with the law. Yeah. And I think that's what makes CCWs, as it's been shown by the FBI staffs, to be the safest segment of society because we do have to think that way. So, Joe, what are the normal costs, would you say, average? And we're not going to hold you to it because we realize different places are different. But, like, what would you say the costs are? Because um, there's costs to me as far as going through the process, but there's also the costs of holsters and other things yes. that go with this. So, as a cop, um, Rick, in the United States, carrying firearms of the year, one holster that may work for me will not work for you. It could right. be, everything else could be the same, but just the way it feels. Uh, you'll probably go through three to five holsters before you find something that you truly like. And it could be a $20 holster or it could be a, one of those $500 holsters. So those are a little hidden cost, ammunition, because you should practice. You know, there's re- no requirement to practice, but you should practice. There's little techniques you could do over the years, keep the years to kind of keep your process going and mentally, you just got to start practicing. Ammunition is always going to be a little cost. Holsters. Here's the stupidest thing that people don't think about when having a CCW is a belt. (laughs) They think my $10 belt, $20 belt from Kohl's is going to work perfectly fine. And I did that for years as a, a rookie cop. But a good quality belt that's sturdy that also doesn't scream, I'm carrying a gun, is going to cost you anywhere from, you know, $40 to $150. And little costs like that add up. I think the belt is a very good one for you um, to bring up because I think that's one of the areas across the board, even with those that don't carry CCWs that go to the ranges, that is probably the weakest link I see in a lot of people's gear is the belt. You have to have a sturdy belt that was designed for that. And, you know, you don't want to wear, uh, like I say, an old Navy belt to hold up all your power tools if you're going to start out on construction because the first day you're going to find your tools all over the ground and you're going to be tripping over them because it's just not going to hold them. And it's amazing how a good belt actually saves your hips and your back. Mm-hmm. You don't have the pull. Yeah, and, and you're right because um, I got a holster from you, and I ended up replacing it rather quickly because it wasn't right for me. Yeah. So yeah, that that's a really good point. Um, women can they use? Can they have a concealed carry purse? Yeah, I recommend getting one with like the reinforced straps. So if you carry it on your body, but you have to get in mindset, you can't just throw it on the back of the chair and leave it there. Or put it next to you and go grab it like a soda. If you leave, it goes with you. Right. I think that's really important, including for the guys that, um, you know, want to go be tactical 
and uh, you know, get a five eleven bag or something that has it. It's the same idea. A lot of us picked up bad habits, whether it was in the military, college, of leaving backpacks wherever. And you can't do that if you've got your concealed carry firearm in that backpack at the point you're leaving it. So I think that's very good advice to people out there. My um, experience with backpacks and people, you know, like the the Merces and the um, shoulder bags and the tactical bags and the backpacks where everybody uses for concealed carry. Uh, the majority of the people that had their firearms stolen, they those are the guys that left it on the front seat of the car while they ran into the gas station to get a soda while they um, filled up. Yep, I can see that happening. So. so, folks, as you can see, this is a casual conversation on this Saturday, and what we're trying to do is help alleviate a lot of the things. We're going to next go into uh, what Joe lightly touched on, and that was training. We're going to talk about that as we come back here on Firing Line Radio and, and delve in a little deeper to CCW training, things you need to know, providers, et cetera, um, we're even going to talk about instructors and so you might want to be an instructor someday. So when we come back, we'll talk about that and then we'll close out the show with SB2 and you here on Firing Line Radio. Turner's Outdoorsman, California's number one hunting, fishing, and shooting sports retailer since 1971, now has 33 locations across California and one in Tucson, Arizona. Turner's is your one-stop shop for all your shooting sports and fishing tackle needs. We offer a full selection and unmatched prices on firearms, ammunition, gun safes, shooting accessories, archery equipment, and fishing tackle. Visit turners.com now and sign up for the Turner's Discount Club for free and get our weekly ads and members-only specials sent directly to your inbox. For more info to sign up for the Turner's Discount Club or to shop online, visit turners.com. AM 590, the answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by CCW Safe and the California Rifle and Pistol Association. Spartans, lay down your weapons. Persians, come and get them. Welcome back to Firing Line Radio. Patriots, today we're talking about CCWs, and with me, your host, Rick Travis, Legislative Director for the California Rifle Pistol Association is Deputy Joe Pinder, um, and we're going to be talking about trained providers. But, folks, this show is brought to you also by the California Rifle Pistol Association. Go to crpa.org, sign up, become a member, because your rights in this state have to be fought for. Otherwise, all you're doing is leasing your gun short-term from the state. We fight every year in the courts. Some of what we're talking about today is available to you because of the hard work CRPA has done over the past three decades just in the land of CCWs. And if you are already a member and want to donate, you can do that. Or if you have questions, reach out to us at contact at crpa.org. So, Joe, looking at training, I want to kind of go through this. First off, we I know we have people out there listening to the show that um, are instructors and other disciplines. How hard is it to become an instructor? for uh, an agency to be able to teach CCWs? It really depends on the county. There's some counties out there, as long as you are like a BSI instructor or a DOJ instructor, then you could teach. Um, I'm always leery of those counties because there's no way to do quality control. It could be that guy who just taking the basic classes and watched live videos on YouTube or they advertise their classes on Craigslist and, 
they really have no professional experience training. Um, like our county, we have a limited list of who could become approved trainer providers, and we make them send us a packet. We kind of we put them through the ringer because we want to make sure our permit holders are receiving good quality training. We try to have a good balance of straight classroom and minimum range time to major range time and minimum classroom because we want everybody to get the best fit for them. You know, everybody learns differently. So you have to find the right structure for you. Now, as an instructor, why are you only worried about the CCW class? You're really closing the market when you can do like, hey, I'm going to do an advanced CCW class. We're going to be shooting on the move. We're going to be doing this, this, and this. You know, you, as an instructor, you really got to think about what you're going to do to keep your students entertained in the next two years until they come back. Give them something that they would want to stay hanging out with you and training with you and do more. I think that's so important what you brought up because one of the things I tell people all the time is instructors are not one size fits all. Um, I've never been offended. I teach, as you know, advanced hunter ed and, and a lot of those classes. And I'm like, hey, you need to not just learn from me. You need to learn from other people because you're going to pick up different things from different instructors. But part of this comes down to a thing that I know you're very familiar with, muscle memory. You know, and if you are training all the time and doing that, you're keeping your muscle memory skills up so that when that crisis comes up, your brain will default to that muscle memory. But if you're not training, your brain's not going to default to something that's going to be very helpful. Yeah. You know, and like we talked about earlier, it was like ammunition costs, that really gets expensive. But there's dry fire training. There's little dry fire laser training. I use that quite frequently with my 1911 to practice that first draw. You know, get that holster out of the draw, get that first shot off so I'm accurate on my first shot. Um, so that's a good way to practice. You know, and as range masters and these certified instructors, you should also promote using some kind of tool besides pull my gun in the house and dry fire in that way. You know, find different tools to help them. I think I think one of the, the big things to people too is don't go to the instructor's necessary the closest, but yeah. really try to find an instructor, find people that have been there because you know, I've had over the years, different instructors, some really good and some that, no, not so good. And I think that's important. And I think also, what if a a student goes, Joe, and they they see an instructor and they're like, this isn't right. Who should they contact? They should contact the um, agency. I Every so often I'll get people call me up and say, hey, John Smith's training did this. That doesn't seem right to me. What should I do? And I will actually, I keep the curriculum, what they give me, say, okay, that wasn't covered. Let me talk to them about it. And I'll talk to the instructor, and um, there'll be times when I'll call, like, CRPA, say, hey, I'm having a problem with an instructor. This happened here. What do you think I should do? Because you guys deal with a lot more instructors than I do. Right. No, I think that's important. Um, Folks, the quality of your instruction is just as important as far as I'm concerned as the quality of the firearm and the equipment you purchase. It's all those parts that make up the pyramid that is going to protect you and your family and keep you safe. So please um, heed to this. And for those of you out there that want to become instructors, 
Um, there's again, there's not this draconian barrier for you doing it, but you're going to have to spend some time. This isn't something you're just going to go watch a YouTube video and become overnight. This is something you should take really serious because you're equipping people to use a firearm, um, for a purpose that is extremely serious. You know, there's teaching people how to, to basically clean a firearm. There's teaching people how to sight a firearm, go to a range. But um, when it comes to the area of self-defense and hunting and survival, that's a, a whole other, like what I call graduate level of teaching. And so, uh, you know, I encourage you that if you're in the beginning of your instructor career, this is something to aim for, but take it serious and, and, you know, go and talk to the agency that, or agencies you want to work for and see what the requirements are and then build a roadmap to that so you can get to that point. Rick, I want to add to your um, talking to the new instructors, the ones that want to become instructors. My experience as a CCW coordinator, I'm a certified NRA and USCCA instructor, and I've, I go out and actually audit the classes. One of the biggest things I see that bugs me is when these new ranges, or actually any of the, even old range masters, where they put husband and wives together because they know each other. And I see it every time. The husband's telling the wife, hey, you're doing this wrong. And then the wife's doing exactly what the instructor's telling him or her. And the husband's like, no, no, no. I did this in um, the Army 20-something years ago. <laughs> you know, or, you know, when I was back in the FBI and I got taught how to put the pistol in my palm, my hand, you know, Right. Keep saucer method. You know, it's like just let them separate them. Let the instructors do their job. That's what you're paying them for. Um, another thing I want to bring about, like, kind of finding an instructor. You wouldn't do any repairs to your house without talking to a few contractors. Why do you go with the first person someone recommends or because they're cheapest? Find the best fit for you. Call them. Talk to them. If they don't want to give you the time of the day, then that's the kind of service you're going to get through the whole process. If you don't get that warm and fuzzy feeling, then don't use them because the training they give you may save your life someday or keep you out of court. Now, I think those are all excellent. And then let's talk about, well, since you, you gave the perfect segue for it, um, you know, there's USCCA, there's CCW Safe, there, I mean, the list goes on and on. Is it something that people should also look into is, you know, joining some group like that so that if they unfortunately have someone break in, we'll just use that example in the middle of the night, and they have to use their firearm that could provide them with the legal counseling to go through the system in the aftermath? Yeah, it's, I mean, the CCW insurances, the prices dropped so drastically, especially over the last five years, and there's numerous programs out there. There's those companies where you get almost a full package, but they don't quite cover what you need. Then you go over to another company and just buy that one little add-on. You know, don't be afraid to have multiple insurances. I have a friend that friend that's a CCB coordinator in another county. He has four different insurances mm -hmm. just because they cover different things, all the way from the theft of a firearm to the mental health if you involved into a shooting, um, even for hunting. Right. So, you know, don't be afraid to look around. And insurance costs drastically came down. There's You get plans as cheap as, I think it's $10 a month for a basic process. All right. 
No, I, I'm, I'm a big proponent, folks. I don't push one um, insurance company over there because they all have different offerings. But I will tell you, definitely go look at it and really think and see. I mean, they even cover your kids if they do, if you got your kids still at home with you. They'll cover your kids if they do something stupid. Um, and those are things that a lot of your home insurance homeowner insurance policies do not cover. And so it just makes sense. It's uh, well, like Joe said, it's cheap insurance to protect you and your family from things that could happen in the future. And it's better to have it than not to have it when those things happen. Folks, we're also going to talk about, because obviously on this show, we talk about legislation all the time. So, and we haven't for a couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about Senate bill two was put through by Anthony Portentino signed into law by Gavin Newsom. Um, it, it was one of a couple of bills that came down to a, a fight. And um, unfortunately the democratic controlled uh Super legislature we have, uh, passed this rule, passed it after the Supreme Court of the United States said, do not do things like Senate Bill 2. They did it anyways. So we're going to spend the last segment when we come back just kind of unpacking. Realize this is us unpacking in real time. There's a lot of things that have not been decided. It doesn't take effect until January 1st. And so, uh, we're going to unpack that for you as best we can here on Fine Line Radio. Hi folks, Philip Naiman. If you're a concealed handgun carrier or have a firearm to defend your home and are forced to use your weapon for self-defense or the protection of a loved one, you'll be glad to have CCW Safe on your side. CCW Safe provides and pays 100% upfront defense funds for high-quality attorneys, expert witnesses, and the investigators you need following a critical incident with no reimbursement. And they do it all for one flat yearly fee starting at $179 a year. CCW Safe has permit and non-permit plans to protect California residents in this state and while traveling across the country. So check out their new ultimate plan with no caps on criminal and civil defense, $1 million for bond coverage, a dedicated million dollars for civil liability, and many other benefits. You defend your life. CCW Safe will defend your freedom and financial future. In California, CCW Safe has got you covered. So join now at ccwsafe.com. Turner's Outdoorsman, California's number one hunting, fishing, and shooting sports retailer since 1971, now has 33 locations across California and one in Tucson, Arizona. Turner's is your one-stop shop for all your shooting sports and fishing tackle needs. We offer a full selection and unmatched prices on firearms, ammunition, gun safes, shooting accessories, archery equipment, and fishing tackle. Visit turners.com now and sign up for the Turner's Discount Club for free and get our weekly ads and members-only specials sent directly to your inbox. For more info, to sign up for the Turner's Discount Club or to shop online, visit turners.com. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back to Fine Line Radio. I'm your host, Rick Travis, the Legislative Director with the California Rifle Pistol Association. And folks, do remember that the CRPA is out there every day of the week, every week of the month, every month of the year. And We've been doing this for almost 150 years. Defend your rights, not just with your CCWs that we're talking about today, but your right to hunt, your right to be able to access public lands, a whole host of issues. It's truly amazing. Go to our website, see all the things we do, and you'll see that the yearly charge for this is not like other 2A and other organizations. You're going to get the most bang for your dollar with the CRPA. So welcome back. Um, as we talk to you about CCWs through this, and I really appreciate, I think our audience is appreciating this. We have Senate Bill 2. Um, and go back, 
during the New York State Rifle Pistol Association v. Bruin case, uh, Justice Clarence Thomas, who wrote the majority opinion, said, do not make an entire area like Long Island a safe space, meaning that you can't carry your CCW anywhere here. And yet, after a very articulate decision, we had the state of New York and other states where some of this has already been overturned, do what California did, which was basically make it very restrictive of where you can and can't carry. You know, I know that you're working with multiple sheriffs that are looking at this. I know we have a lawsuit, uh, Maver v. Bonta, um, which is, is going after an injunction on the sensitive spaces portion, which is one of three, um, big categories that we're going to talk about in SB2. But, you know, it does make it challenging, Joe. It does. Um, it's, Interesting how, as a state, we can turn around and pass new bills where these bills have already been ruled unconstitutional in New York and Chicago, where they even have stringent gun laws and some would argue even more stringent than others. You know, you brought up the sensitive space area, and they tried right immediately after Bruin, they made all of Manhattan a sensitive zone. That lasted, what, three days, and then it got stick. Um, Got overturned, went through the appeals process through New York and got ruled unconstitutional. The uh, mental health aspect through um, Chicago, that longstanding policy in Chicago got right. overturned. And these are all laws that they know about. They even actually talk about these laws um, in some of the interviews and say, hey, this is what they did wrong. This is how we're going to do it better. Right. Um, yeah, it's, it's amazing to see the um, avarice of our legislature. One of the other areas, though, that SB2 does impact um, beyond the census basis places that I know a lot of sheriff's departments and, and police departments are looking at right now and, and watching very closely what happens with our case, is we're also looking at um, the processes to yeah. get a CCW. So let's talk about that, how that may change after the first of the year. And is there a grandfather if you got in your application started before December 31st? Yes. Um, there's actually provisions at SB2 that talks about if you apply before January 1st, so i.e. December 31st, you're grandfathered in to the um, traditional aspect of uh, CCWs. After January 1st, then you go into the new process. Where it gets muddy, though, is like training, because the training is going to change, but you have people that are going to that apply like today, but their interview is not until January, February. And then so by the time they get approved for training, it might be February, March. Where do we kind of control the training aspect of it? And so, yes, it's great to have people with eight hours and um, four hours of training. But more training is always better. You know, you lose that much time, but more training is better. Um, so that's where one of the things that's going to get a little murky for us. Um, it's ironic that California is a communal property state, but in SB2, they're saying, hey, we understand California is a communal property state, but with your CCW, you can't do that. You, the gun has to be on file as you're the registered owner. 
Right. But if you go to divorce and you, you get divorced and you say, hey, my wife has this gun that I like, either she has to pay you half or give you the gun. Right. Um, there's actually laws in the penal code that talk about spousal use of weapons. So how do we, you know, navigate through that? Which law is right? And I, and I want to slow it down a little bit there because this is a consistent, you know, um, attempt by the left in the legislature to go after. And I mean, there's a lot of people that have, as you said earlier, came out of the military, um, which, you know, there's a reason that everybody in the military carries the same handgun because that's so like if Joe gets in trouble, Joe could look at me and go, Hey, Rick, toss me a couple of mags and I can and they'll work. Whereas if you're carrying a 45 in civilian life and I'm carrying a nine millimeter, that doesn't work. And so there's families that have bought, you know, like a, a Springfield XD and they've got two nine millimeters in the house because husband and wife have the same thing for the same reasons. It makes it easier. No one's going to at, you know, one o'clock in the morning when the bad things happen, look at serial numbers. And that's always been my issue with the legislature of you're, you're setting people up to get hurt. But now we have this law in SB2 where, yeah, you can't carry how both the, the spouses have the firearms. And so that was one of the questions that was asked to me today was, how does that work? Say I'm with Solano County, your, your, your county. That's where my CCW is. And my wife's gun is currently on my permit. Do I have to come and do a quick renew and pull well, it off? Um, you here at Salon County, we're not going to make you come in early to renew your permit because, you know, the law has changed. We're still trying to figure out how we're going to apply like that section of law because there's very conflicting information. Um, so we're still working with like our legal counsels and, you know, CRPA trying to get the best solution. There's some counties I've heard. It's like, Hey, this is effective immediately. We're not doing anything. Um, we want to do the best thing for the citizen. No, that's commendable. Um, so, folks, I'm bringing this, these things up, and so is Joe, because we want you to realize there's going to be a lot of discussion. There's a lot of people that don't understand that this has happened. For many of you hearing this show here on Saturday, you may be sitting there going, wow, I did not know. Two things I want to stress. You know, if you if you are a CCW holder in L.A., Riverside, San Bernardino, or Orange County listening to this show, or even um, throughout the rest of the state if you're listening to it on a podcast, and you've got a notice from your sheriff about SB2, do not panic. If you are someone who hasn't applied and you're looking at SB2, yeah, it'd probably be smarter to start your process now. You know, when you get done listening to the show, get on you know, online, go read the forms, as Joe said, and start applying. But I want people not to panic. Realize CRPA is trying to get an injunction on this. We're fine this. We've been doing really well, especially since Bruin on a lot of court cases, pushing back on the state. So. um my big thing is keep a calm, cool head over this. But, you know, probably the last thing I'm going to talk about, too, is this is also going to have a bearing on instructors out there as far as what they have to do to be able to be an instructor. Yes. Um, so as an instructor with um, SB2, you have to be a DOJ-certified instructor. Ironically, you can be a take a test to issue firearm safety certificates and become a DOJ certified instructor and have no actual instructing credentials. 
Um, and it's like, okay, well, why can't they continue with the old process like NRA, USCCA, uh, CRPA has got a program that's in yeah. going through now where it actually develops you as an instructor, not just someone that could administer a test. It's, in my opinion, it looks like a money grab. Uh, no, the state of California grabbed money. I know. <laughs> Say it ain't so. <laughs> and then, you know, the training's jumping up from eight hours minimum to 16 hours minimum. And then for renewals, it's going to go from four hours to eight hours. It really, two days of training is going to get expensive. Yeah. It's, it's almost like they're trained to price out low income and minority families from having a CCW license. It's kind of like the whole, well, you, it has to be registered to you. We have families that the, it's a husband and wife team. They only have one firearm that they own and they share it amongst them. So now they're telling people, Hey, you get only one person can have a list on a CCW license. So you have to go buy a gun to keep your CCW license. Folks, we're, we're running out of time on the show today. I want you to know that we're going to try to get Joe back at a later date, but we are going to be continuing to unravel having attorneys and other people to talk to you about CCWs here on Firing Line Radio as we continue this fight for your Second Amendment rights here in the state of California. We are winning. The reason they're hitting us so hard is because they know the tide has turned, and we need to keep turning that tide. So I strongly encourage all of you that don't have a CCW Consider it, look it up online, and apply. And those of you who do, keep renewing. And folks, as we say every week week here on Fine Line Radio, be safe, shoot straight, and fight back for your rights. And we'll see you next week here on Fine Line Radio. When you have to shoot, shoot, don't talk. The Firing Line Radio Show has been brought to you by Turner's Outdoorsman, CCW Safe, Cutting Edge Bullets, Vortex Optics, Vortex, The Force of Optics, and by the California Rifle and Pistol Association. Hi folks, Philip Naiman. If you're a concealed handgun carrier or have a firearm to defend your home and are forced to use your weapon for self-defense or the protection of a loved one, you'll be glad to have CCW Safe on your side. CCW Safe provides and pays 100% upfront defense funds for high-quality attorneys, expert witnesses, and the investigators you need following a critical incident with no reimbursement. And they do it all for one flat yearly fee starting at $179 a year. CCW Safe has permit and non-permit plans to protect California residents in this state and while traveling across the country. So check out their new ultimate plan with no caps on criminal and civil defense, $1 million for bond coverage, a dedicated $1 million for civil liability, and many other benefits. You defend your life. CCW Safe will defend your freedom and financial future. In California, CCW Safe has got you covered. So join now at ccwsafe.com. AM 590, the answer.